your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights, a quiet first day of the NHL draft for the Vegas Golden Knights. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco, along with Chris Golick. You could find us at Lockdown VGK on Twitter, myself at Tony Dasco, and he is at TD Chris G. And as we know, the Golden Knights did not have a first round draft pick on opening day of the NHL draft. There were some pretty, a lot of good activity, actually. A lot of things were happening, however, with trades surprising selections and all that VGK on Friday will start things off with the 48th pick in round number two they have uh, six more pick five more picks after that on Friday I should say they will be looking for some late round steals so Chris let's talk about surprises from Thursday's draft day a few things stand out and I just I'm going to do bullet points and then you could just take whatever you want and run with it and I know one area you're going to want to discuss is the Chicago Blackhawks and their movement uh, there on Thursday. But first, you know, I want to talk, let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens bypassing the Canadian Shane Wright, who falls to fourth overall in the first round. And we'll see a lot of him at the Kraken. And uh, I like the death stare at the Habs when he was finally picked there at number four. Uh, That was awesome and a great meme. Buffalo, uh, the number 11 pick, uh, that they received in the Jack Eichel trade was a center from Sweden by the name of Noah Oslund. Marc-Andre Fleury, he re-signs with the Minnesota uh, Wild, two years at $7 million. Uh, we have your Blackhawks. Okay, so we'll get into this. I know you have a lot on your mind today. So they unload Alex Debrinkit to Ottawa amongst their moves yesterday for draft picks. And Chicago gets absolutely fleeced in the deal. Uh, There was a little bit of a VGK angle, though, with their selection with the seventh pick. Kevin Korchinski, Kevin Korchinski, a defenseman, uh, which was taken with the seventh pick that they acquired from Ottawa. And there were comparisons on the broadcast. They compared Korchinski from uh, Seattle of the WHL to Shade Theodore, Shade Theodore. So we already have now we have comparisons to VGK players. <laughs> it's it, it's a new day and age. And before we get anything, um, just props to the NHL. This was a spectacle. This was fun. There was uh, drama. There was just entertainment uh, from that stare down. <laughs> the players. I think what I really enjoyed is you really got to see the players just kind of be themselves and a bit down to earth and introduce themselves to the hockey world, the media world, and, you know, the sports world in general. Um, I was just sitting in a cafe over railroad pass, having a, having some, uh, some Brinner, if you will, uh, before I hit the ice myself last night. And I enjoyed it. Like I, I never cared about the angel draft. I never cared about, you know, who's going to draft who I don't get too into that. But this was just fun to watch. And I think I just want to start off by saying uh, that was a that was really good. Good job, NHL. Um, You know, now the season has started. Right, Tony? Now season six for VGK is officially underway. Uh, We haven't drafted yet, obviously, and didn't do anything 
yet. I'll emphasize on yet. I think uh, something's coming, but a ton of fun yesterday. And yeah, now we're getting comparisons to VGK players and stuff. And, you know, we're, we're legit now, I guess. Wow. So you didn't go all in on your Blackhawks yet. <laughs> no, I, you know, the biggest thing and not this isn't even just directed for the Blackhawks, but you wonder what a team's ultimate goal or identity is. Obviously, we'll start with our Golden Knights. We're cup contenders. We put a roster together to do the best we can for right now. We're not too concerned about season seven. In season five, we weren't too concerned about season six. It's basically for the now. We have our core players. We have our core players we will build around so we can continue to be a cup uh, contender, you know, for the next four to six years, you know, based on the length of our current contracts of our top core talents. You look at teams that are knocking on the door. And then you have teams who are developing talents so they can develop their pipeline so they can go the Colorado or Tampa routes where they develop all this young talent. And it's rough for a few years. Looking at the Blackhawks, it has been rough for a few years. You still got Kane and Taves. They made the move for Marc-Andre Fleury, which obviously the Marc-Andre Fleury you know, trade in hindsight was simply a, you know, a buy low, sell high flip. Obviously, they got uh, Fleury for nothing, flipped him for a third round pick from uh, from Minnesota, which you know, good on them for being able to pull that off. But looking at specifically at the Blackhawks, you move on from Alex Dabrinkit, a 40-goal scorer, uh, scorer, pardon me, Kirby Doc, who is a pillar, someone you're going to use to, you're, you're not building a team around Kirby Doc, but he's a player who is going to be able to be moved around all the lines, uh, you know, a Nick Watt type, basically. Now we're going to keep drawing the BGK comparisons. <laughs> Good. Um, but they traded away from their talent pipeline two players that are going to help to continue to build. And now they got more draft picks. So now they slowed down their developmental process by, you know, two or three years. You still have Kane and Taves on there. Kane and Taves are not going to finish the season as Chicago Blackhawks if they even make it through the weekend. Um, Taves, any team on the NHL would love to have a Jonathan Taves, um, basically a Mark Stone type center who's going to put up points, be a great two-way player, win his face-offs. And uh, in Chicago, they call him Captain Sirius. He is one of the best leaders in the NHL. Patrick Kane needs no introduction. Showtime. Um, I would say uh, Buffalo is going to be the chalk to acquire him. So now you got two homegrown talents in Tuck and uh, Patrick Kane potentially out in Buffalo with Peyton Krebs and uh, Rasmus Dahlin and all the other uh, young talent that they have down there. Over there, I should say. But they're, it's hard to understand why you're trading the talent pipeline for talent you have to develop the obvious answer is uh them along with arizona are probably tanking for next year's draft and a uh, connor bedard another amazing connor coming through that could be uh, touted as a generational type talents so you know the blackhawks they're um making some interesting moves and i think they look at someone like bedard as a you know the new world patrick kane or jonathan taves who's going to help lead the team back to relevance sometime in 2028. A lot of goalies on the move. Friday morning already there was a trade. Uh, The St. Louis Blues acquiring the 73rd overall pick in the draft from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for goaltender Val Husso. And Husso is pretty good. Uh, Peter Morazic went to Chicago. A little bit of a surprise to me. 
Alexander Georgiev. Uh, Georgiev went to Colorado, and I was watching, you know, the draft coverage, and you, you mentioned there were a lot of twists and turns, and Joe Sakic, Joe Sakic, so transparent, they said, okay, so how do you figure Alexander Georgiev fits in with your avalanche? And Sakic says, okay, it'll be Georgiev and Pavel Fransuz. Those are our two goalies, one, two. So they essentially, at that point, kicked Darcy Kemper to the curb. And that's the thing about Colorado. We mentioned this a lot. Colorado is not looking for that tier one goalie to win games for them. They're looking for that tier two goalie not to lose games for them and keep the team relevant. And now between uh, Fransuz and, uh, forgive me, I, I, I can't sit up. Uh, yeah, I there don't you know go. how to pronounce his name because I'm a Rangers fan. Exactly. No, and that same thing. That's why I can hit you on all these Blackhawks uh, one-hitters and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, so they're they're looking for some competition there. They want to see which goalie develops. And maybe one of those goalies will develop into that uh, backstop, if you will, that will end up uh, becoming that Tier 1 level goalie. And, uh, you know, if the, if the Colorado Avalanche goaltending takes a step forward, they're going to be unstoppable. I mean, they are going to be absolutely unstoppable. Uh, VGK, LA, Edmonton, and all these other uh, Western Conference powerhouses or potential powerhouses. I mean, what if Kane goes to the Los Angeles Kings? <laughs> Think about that for a second. What if Taves goes to the Los Angeles Kings? What would uh, what would that do to the Pacific? That really shake things up. Yeah, I think there's a lot more movement to come here in the Pacific, especially. And when we're talking about goaltenders, there were reports that surfaced earlier this week. We haven't had a chance to address those reports about Robin Leonard and Laurent Brassois, perhaps neither being ready for the start of the upcoming season. And so VGK, what do they do now if those two goalies aren't ready? And uh, fans were asking whether or not Laurent Brassois could still be traded. Yes, of course, he's injured, but he still could be traded. And we found out more from Kelly McCrimmon on that podcast this past week about uh Robin Leonard being injured with both the shoulder and the leg injury recovering. It's going to take a while, but what are they going to do between the pipes? Yeah. So this is very interesting. Um, I mean, it's looking like Logan Thompson who gave me the old donkey stare when I told him he's going to be gone <laughs> next gave you year. The same stare. Yeah. It looks like, uh, it looks like LT is going to be the man potentially at the start of the season and uh, beyond. And you know, good, good for him. He has earned that opportunity, no doubts. And I think he'll succeed. Um, you know, you look at the Colorado situation, you're kind of looking for LT to be that same type of goalie, but LT did win games on by his lonesome for the Vegas Golden Knights down the stretch. He was a huge part. And, you know, back to, I think, your main point in all of this is there was a lot of goaltender movement and VGK not doing anything yet. I'll, I'll emphasize on yet, but uh, we're not going to get Darcy Kemper, I hope. But um, VGK not doing anything yet might be a glimpse into how they view their situation. And maybe they do feel, I mean, LT is healthy right now. I don't think there was anything even that lingered after this. He had something that kept him out of, I think, the world championship, like around uh, at the end, but nothing that was notable or long-term that's going to be any level of concern. So maybe they do feel um, one of the two goalies is going to be ready come the start of the season. I think if they would have made any type of move um, that would have given you a better indication. Um, you know, a lot of goalies are on the move and stuff like that right now, and they didn't jump in for that. So, you know, maybe we're going to be in an okay spot to start the season next year. And um, 
you know, where, what kind of spot we'll be in once the season gets going. That could be a different story, though. Who knows at this point? VGK's uh, schedule for the upcoming season was announced this week. We'll have some highlights coming right next. You're listening to Lockdown Golden Knights. BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including you could probably still get in on some more draft odds and other props around the NHL draft, Major League Baseball as well. Of course, BetOnline, your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, your podcasts, and your news this season. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device as well to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick in Las Vegas. And if you go to Locked On NHL, you could find all of the information around this year's NHL draft, especially a uh, great job there by all the fellows and ladies around our network on the draft on day one. So let's get into VGK, Chris, and the soft schedule early. Uh, you know, we can talk about that. Perhaps they open at the Kings October the 11th. Uh, VGK 4-1 and one in openers, according to NHL.com. They won the last three openers. And they can join the 70 to 76 uh, Sabres by winning five of their first six games as a franchise. We posted some of the key dates on Twitter for the schedule, starting with October the 22nd against Colorado, December the 11th, Boston comes here. I just did the the home games, if you will. Uh, Monday, December the 19th against Buffalo. And, of course, uh, Jack Eichel against Alex Tuck. And MLK Day, we've got Pete DeBoer coming in for the first time, and that'll be in January. Uh, six of the first 10 games are at home, and their first big road trip won't happen until November. What are your impressions of the schedule? I'm looking through. There's a lot of home and homes. I feel like there's a, there's a few more. I don't know. I don't have a stat to back that up, just kind of the eye test. You see they play, uh, you know, the same team uh, back-to-back games and stuff like that. That certainly is fun. Opening in Los Angeles uh, last year, I think our first road game was in Los Angeles and we got lit up. Um, the Kings are going to be pumped up and we're going to need to be ready for that game. Hey, we get the Blackhawks right away after that. We're talking about that. You know, it's going to be the, uh, you know, basically the the Rockford Ice Hogs, their AHL affiliate coming in for that one. Um, just kind of games that I really personally enjoy going to. Always love uh, the New Year's Eve game. That's always just a fun game for me and my kid. He loves uh particularly uh, the music they play when they're doing all their hype videos and stuff like that for that game that really stood out. Uh, we love the Nevada day game, just a good family uh, day. That's going to be a Friday the 28th against Anaheim. Uh, Anaheim is going to be so much fun to, to watch every time they come to town this year. I'm all, it's just great that they're in our division. We get to see a uh, Zgress and Drysdale and uh, McTavish all up close all, all season long. Um, couple other games. I mean, obviously, when Seattle comes, that's always going to be a ton, ton, ton of fun. I always circle the uh, the Edmonton games. Uh, Connor McDavid is just such a joy to uh, just just watching all these players in person. And, and folks, I guess just one thing I want to tell everyone, 
When you go to the VGK games, anyone can, my, my season tickets, we're in the second to last row of the upper deck, but I always post these pictures from warmups and videos of being right up on the glass. You can go right up on the glass on both sides with the exception of two sections on the sides that are for the club. Uh, people have the special club tickets, but as long as no one is in those seats during warmups, you can walk right down to the ice. You can just have a pane of glass between you and the best players in the world. And it's so much fun just to go down there and, you know, get some videos of what they do. Uh, specifically, I remember watching Crosby and Malkin flipping the puck probably 20 feet through the air, trying to catch him, catch it out of the air all the way across the rink. Um, it's fun when Ryan Reeves was a golden knight, him and William Carrier, they tried to do similar things and that was a train wreck, but it was funny. That's why they did that. Um, watching Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, they do, it's almost like a race where they're stick handling the puck, but they're spinning it while they're doing it. And there's all these little things that players do in warmups that are just kind of fun to, uh, you know, maybe break the ice pun intended, I guess, but it's such a show to watch. So circle these big games, like when teams like Toronto come to town with Austin Matthews, Edmonton, uh, Pittsburgh, and what's left of Chicago when someone like Patrick Kane comes to town. And just take a trip down to the glass and watch what happens. Uh, if you got family, you got kids that love that play hockey, or even kids that don't play hockey, that right there, just being that close, might make them want to play hockey. And if you have kids that are involved in hockey, definitely get them down there. They will learn so much in that 15-minute window watching the players from either side warm up from just being, you know, a breath of air away from them. Yeah, Chris Golick's hacks. That's a new segment right here. I like that. <laughs> Golden Knights. The first, uh, the first road trip, you know, that we were talking about, five games over 10 days, Chris, uh, at Washington, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, and at Buffalo. And I've said this before, but BGK has never really – gotten stuck on those long road trips back east and up to Canada in the northeast with with bad weather. They've had like great travel, surprisingly, through the course of their first five years. And uh, and then they have another big road trip at Arizona, New Jersey, Rangers, Islanders. But they also added Nashville and Minnesota. That could be a tough one. And then in January, VGK with a seven-game homestand. So they're, they're going to have to play through some adversity. And you talk about those home and homes. Uh, they close out the season. First of all, they play at Dallas, which could obviously have playoff implications and probably will. And then they close it out with that home and home against Seattle. And that Seattle team might be a little bit better, more improved in year number two. This schedule in general is just tough. Just looking at all the all the teams right now. And, you know, the talent pipeline across the league has improved. Seattle's going to be significantly better. Uh, the Kings, we know all the moves they've made. Nashville was a playoff team, home and home against Minnesota. I mean, that, that's a tough seven-game finish. And then before that, outside of San Jose, Edmonton, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Columbus, Calgary, Philly, you know, who knows. Um, but going back to that seven-game home trip, you highlighted that for me, so I just pulled it up. Colorado, Stanley Cup, well, actually, Nashville first. Nashville, playoff team, then Colorado, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, Florida, Edmonton, Dallas, uh, Detroit. You know, even Detroit's going to be better. And then Washington, like you look at these, uh, oh, they're actually in Colorado, so I missed that one there. But still, you know, these long homestands where they're supposed to, you know, stack up victories and get going. That's if they go 500, that's a successful homestand right there. And that's just kind of a, 
what things have come to right now. And you make a good point about the travel. Like I really don't recall hearing news about VGK being stuck in city a, uh, they, they had a couple times, I think, where the plane may have landed a little bit late. I feel like that happened once in Dallas not too long ago. Well, yeah, last season they played the front end in uh, – it was a back-to-back, and they played at Colorado, and their plane was stuck uh, stuck in Denver. That's and right. And then they, they got to Dallas like 3 or 4 in the afternoon. And didn't I think they swept the back-to-back, by the way, there uh, against the avalanche and against Dallas. That was early last season, but nothing, you know, weather related. They haven't had any woes on the road. Yeah. I mean, I know it, it's certainly a very good perspective and anything, you know, that doesn't um, disturb the routine. And I mean, that's, that's all, that that's a big part of what being a professional athlete is, um, is establishing and maintaining that routine. And some people might handle change better than others, but, yeah, when the routine gets messed up and you only get to town a couple hours before the game, you don't get your nap, you don't get all the the stuff you do, you don't, you don't even get a morning skate in a situation like that. It's okay, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> lace them up. Go get them, boys. Yeah, for sure. And uh preseason too. Let's just quickly mention uh September 25th will be their preseason scheduled kickoff against the Avalanche and then they play the Coyotes in Boise. I didn't see that split squad game. It never made it to the final schedule for the preseason. Although you could play with just half a team against the Coyotes, I suppose, in Boise. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, the preseason certainly a good opportunity to see players battling. And I think a highlighted player we're going to keep our eyes on is certainly uh, Braswan and see how he is competing at the, uh, you know, as, a, as you scratch the surface that you will. Uh, as you will, of the NHL level. And those preseason games are usually a little more physical because you have players on both teams trying to make an impression. And there's really no better way to do it than to be out there constantly hitting and wreaking havoc. Obviously, your vets are trying to stay out of the way and not necessarily get too into all that stuff. But you have especially a team like Arizona, which is filled with players, you know, I mean, VGK, you got a good idea what the roster is going to look like outside of a few trades that are going to be made. But, you know, the Arizona roster can go, you know, hundreds of different ways when you start multiplying uh, all the different factors involved and not just um, not just Seattle, but or not just Arizona, but a lot of teams like that. And I guess I said Seattle. That could be another team that could have a lot of different roster combinations. So, yeah, I mean, the preseason is a good way to kick things off. And, uh, you know, we're, we're getting closer. We're, we're talking preseason hockey. That means regular season isn't too far away, though. And VGK will be getting into things this upcoming week with the start of development camp. We'll talk about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas where things are starting to heat up weather-wise. 110 this weekend ought to be awesome. Love the heat. Uh, and on the ice, VGK uh, will have a development camp. And that camp will open on Monday. So a lot of these draft picks will be coming here to Vegas, as will a lot of the uh, second-year players and what have you, and other invited players and guests, what have you. Again, it happens uh, starting Monday through Saturday. And next weekend here at City National, fans can actually go out and watch the scrimmage games Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And so we'll get an opportunity to see a lot of this younger talent. And this is a key piece, I think, for VGK in the offseason. You will have Bruce Cassidy and his staff out there. 
a chance to evaluate some of the younger players for the Golden Knights. Yeah, and again, just from a fan perspective, this is another really cool thing to go to. I'll tell you right now, there's not going to be a lot of people there. This is not going to be like uh, the regular season VGK practices. All these are open to the public with the exception of the Saturday scrimmage, I believe, on the 16th. Uh, That's a special season ticket event. But otherwise, uh, Monday, Tuesday, uh, looks like Wednesday is an off day. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, those are all open. And Friday is going to be a joint scrimmage at 10 a.m. along with another one on Saturday. That's going to be for the season ticket members. But again, a good opportunity to get there up close, uh, even just watching the practices, seeing what these players are doing. And they're out there. They're working hard. Uh, they're trying to make an impression on the entire coaching staff so they can obviously uh, you know, get a chance with the big club in the fall. And I remember we, we went to the last one of these we went to, I believe, was between seasons either one and two or two and three. And just kind of remember seeing Cody Glass out there and, you know, all the younger uh, AHL players and a lot of the players that went back, uh, you know, to the other uh, like WHL and stuff like that. But you're going to get a chance to see all these players up close. And again, you can get plenty of takeaways uh, if you're out there with your kids and stuff, uh, just uh, learning more aspects of the game and what it takes once the players are just so close to, uh, you know, making an NHL roster. So highly recommend take a trip up to a CNA. Will not be a lot of people there. I can assure you the players will be very interactive. I got to think uh, Cassidy is going to be on his uh, political tour, you know, shaking hands and uh, kissing babies, trying to win over the hearts of, uh, you know, the his new uh, constituents, if you will. And just uh, just a lot of fun. Oh, maybe he won't show up, Cassidy. He doesn't like the young players. Oh. Would bench them all. Oh, even in development. Ooh, ouch! That that is <laughs> pretty. Funny. You know, but it is interesting <laughs> to see. Like, okay, I remember watching Gallant. Um, the the this the the time. Um, the only time that we went to the camp and Gallant, easy going, having fun out there, smiling. You know, give them a pat as they go by, exchanging pleasantries. Like, I think really he was trying to relax the players, so there wasn't that fear. Um, that they might have. Will Cassidy be out there, uh, you know, in drill sergeant mode, uh, you know, busting their chops if something happens? Uh, that'll be a really good thing to keep an eye on. And I'm curious to see how that plays out because that would be something new. Um, a lot of these players, this will not be their first developmental camp. They've probably done it two or three times already. And, you know, and DeBoer, same thing. Like DeBoer, he wasn't too, didn't seem too tough on the young kids as well. Um, I, I just remember just the, memory being jogged right now. The very first developmental camp was actually at the Las Vegas Ice Center um, as they were wrapping up uh, building a city national and stuff. And I just remember like pictures of Alex Tuck out there, you know, this kind of young, uh, lesser known talent and you see what he's morphed into. So maybe the next Alex Tuck is out there somewhere. And uh, right now, Kelly McCrimmon is working on the developmental camp salary cap. I think he's busily at work and, you know, you do have, uh, finally, I know McCrimmon had spoken to the uh, press there on Thursday, and you, you have to have some appreciation. I know you said you enjoyed the coverage of the NHL draft, Chris, and, uh, you know, one year they did it for Montana. You know, they were talking about that last year. The VGK uh, front office was here in Las Vegas, so they finally have a chance for all the teams to be together day number two, and I think there's going to be some surprises with VGK. They've got to, they have to make some moves, right? On day two. 
Yes and no. Um, moves have to be made, number one. And something I've alluded to for a long time now is I wondered if they were going to potentially, you know, William Carlson is, is, is a big target right now based on his salary. And I've wondered uh, for a long time if William Carlson was going to be some type of trade baits and they would have to do so with packaging either a prospect or a draft pick or a package of draft picks to shed that salary. Um, I'm not surprised nothing happened yesterday. Um, but I've been kind of scrolling through Twitter wondering if we're close to something happening because there has been some movement already this morning, uh, not VGK related, but just in general. So, you know, do they have to make a move? I mean, listen, it feels like VGK has to make a move because if they don't make a move, it's it's that FOMO, right? It's fear of missing out and, you know, the shiny new toys and all the things that VGK likes to do. So I think something might come during the draft. It would not surprise me one bit. Um, definitely something's going to happen before free agency. Something's going to happen before free agency because VGK is going to be a potential. I mean, everyone is a buyer on free agency to some degree, whether they're looking at, you know, a Malkin or something like that, you know, a high level tier one player who's going to hit the market next week. Or if they're looking at, you know, a lower end, the role players, your line three, your line fours, or your depth players who are your, you know, respectfully, your eighth and ninth defenseman up or your 14th and 15th forwards who are going to be in the AHL waiting for something to happen. So there will be made moves made when free agency opens. Obviously, we're waiting for the uh, Riley Smith announcements of his re-signing, which is probably going to be uh, right around Tuesday or Wednesday next week, too. Yeah, and uh, on the way out, just a couple of notes. Bob Bogner, uh, the former head coach of the San Jose Sharks, now named by Steve Eiserman, who's very busy on this Friday already, uh, an assistant coach with the Detroit Red Wings and Colorado, the Avalanche, uh, close to an extension with Valerie Nikushkin. And so a lot happening, and we'll have the latest developments coming up on Monday's show, as well as VGK's draft picks, and we'll tell you more about them, plus much, much more. We thank you all for tuning in, and thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen each and every day. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Gradasco from Las Vegas. You have a great weekend. We'll see you again Monday right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.